and welcome back to the Horse Fix, where you can get your weekly horse fix and perhaps fix your horse at the same time. I'm Sandy Holt, and I'm coming to you from the Winter Haven Ranch in Aubrey, Texas, Horse Country, USA. Today I have a special treat. I have a very good friend of mine, and I have been very impressed with her equestrian skills, and I thought it'd be fun to interview her, and I think many of you will be able to resonate with her story. So, without further ado, let's get started. Lisa Elliott, welcome, and I'm so glad you could join me today. I wanted you to let the listeners hear about your story when it comes to horses. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I did not grow up with horses. I got my first horse about 12 years ago, right before I turned 50. Wow. It was basically my 50th birthday present. I uh, knew really nothing about taking care of them. And I like hearing that it wasn't as a teenager or a, a child that you got your horse. I actually did a lease for a year before I purchased my first Great horse. Great idea. How much research did you do before you actually bought your first horse? I think I read every single magazine, every horse magazine that was out. I researched trainers. Mm -hmm. I I read the whole first year. Every night I would read another article. I did a year's worth of learning before I ever bought my first horse. And you know, I for one feel like I never stop learning. Mm -hmm. And I'm constantly reading, watching YouTubes, talking to other trainers and trying to increase my skill level and my knowledge when it comes to horses. You feel that way? Absolutely. Yeah. I I don't think you can get too much knowledge. Right. You can't. Just when you think you might know quite a bit, that quite a bit that you learn tells you that you need to know even more. (laughs) So I watched you work with the horses and and I've been in awe of your ability to connect with your horses and, and what you do. I particularly am impressed with the patience that you have when it comes to working with the horses. Have you always been a very patient person? I, I do have a lot of patience, I think, mm-hmm. especially when it's something that I really want. Mm-hmm. And having a relationship with my horse was something I really wanted. Okay. And I think that's probably where my patience comes in. I wanted to be his partner. Mm -hmm. I didn't just want to be his rider. Good. I wanted to, I wanted him to know that when I show up, I'm there and I'm, I'm a hundred percent there for him. And so when you show up, you don't just show up physically. You show up spiritually, emotionally. Totally, 100%. Intellectually, yes. And he knows that. I've had him for five years now. And he knows when I show up. He knows my car. I'm there for him. Yes. And folks, I got to tell you, I, it, it just it gives me the giggles every time. And I'll be with Lisa and she'll, she'll be oh, several yards away from his paddock. And she'll call his name out. And he will raise his head up, look her way, and respond, Winnie, back to her every time. And it just cracks me up and and gives me goosebumps. And right now, just even talking about it, they have that connection that everybody wants with their horse. I don't care if you're a, 
a professional trainer of many years and world champion or a backyard owner, everybody wants a connection with a particular horse. So what have you done to have that connection with your horse? It didn't start out that way with him. Right after I got him, I was doing Mm self-care and I would go out every single day and see him and he didn't care that I was there. He was in a new surroundings. He came from a ranch. He was a ranch horse. And he all of a sudden was down here in Texas where it's hot. And he had come from up north. Mm -hmm. It was summer and he was very confused. And so I would go out to see him and he would walk away from me. And I would walk to try to catch him. He would almost let me get to him and then he would turn and walk away. He never ran from me. Right. So... There seemed to be some sort of trust issue there. Yes, there was. I don't think he ever really had a person because being on a string of ranch horses, I think from what I've learned about how ranches are run, you grab a horse and you go and you do your thing, you come back and you put them away. Yes. So he never, I don't think, had a person and he wasn't sure why this person was Trying to make friends Uh, with them. I see, yeah. Because his companionship were probably the rest of the herd. Yes. And the the people just came and and, and went and, you know, didn't stick around. Right. And he had not been given grain before and nor treats because when I offered him grain for the first time, he didn't know what it was. And he was like, "Uh, no thanks. (laughs) It took me a couple of days for him to realize this was something that you eat. Yes. Yeah. And I showed up every day because like I said, I was doing Mm self-care. I showed up every day with a bucket of grain and after a couple of weeks of doing this, he's like, oh, hey, there's that person. She's here and I get something good. Yes. And therein lies your patience and how it pays off because you patiently continue to do the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of it, just the repetition of doing the same thing over and over and over with him. And after a while, I realized once we had established a, a relationship, hey, we're partners, right. I would show up and I could call his name and he could be, he was in a four acre pasture uh-huh. and he could be at the other side. He would hear me and he would come running <laughs> and he would meet me at the gate, wait oh. for me to halter him. Nothing feels better. <laughs> it's the best feeling. Yes. It really is. It is. And then that built up a trust for riding for us. Yeah. Because I then trusted him. I had a bad fall from a previous horse. And so I wasn't quite sure about my riding. And I was very cautious Mm -hmm. and afraid that that was going to happen again. How did you fall? Um, I was cantering my horse. And I don't know what happened. But she started crow hopping, Mm -hmm. bucking, and then she reared up. Oh. And I came off while she was up in the air. Oh, yeah. And fell on the hard ground. Mm -hmm. And um, I was wearing a helmet. Mm -hmm. Good. Probably saved me from getting a concussion because I did hit my head. So that's really hard to overcome. And was that soon after you first started riding or had it been a while? I had been riding for about six years at that point. Okay. And and then that set you back after the six years. Yes. 
So folks, you know, a lot of you have had that experience. And when something like that happens, of course, you have to be cautious about getting back in the saddle. For your sake, Lisa, do count your six years more than you count the one incident, you know. And I think that's something that a lot of us forget to do. And we have that one horrible time, and then we lose our confidence and our trust. And it really throws us back. And it takes a while to, to get back to it. absolutely did. And so did you sell that horse? Yes. Okay. And I found her the perfect home. Good. And I still receive notifications from them, uh-huh. how good they're doing, how happy they are. That's And that's been a while. Yes. Great. It's been, I've had Champ for five years, and so it's been a while since I've had her. Mm-hmm. And she's still with that home that I placed her in. And yeah. they're just, they're thriving. That's great. That makes me feel good. So, Lisa, that brings up another subject that I think is important to talk about. You know, people often buy a horse and they will say, this is my forever horse. They make a promise to that horse that they're going to have it forever. And then along comes something that changes their mind about having that horse forever. And the guilt sets in. I can count numerous friends and and, uh, acquaintances feeling guilty about letting a horse go that they promised that horse it would be their forever horse. And I think it's important for you listeners to know and and pass this along to other people that may have that feeling. When you sell, give, or even have to euthanize your horse, if you're doing it for the better of your horse, then you're not letting your horse down. Uh, You're letting that horse have a new forever home and perhaps one that's more suited to that horse. So, you know, I, I I think it's important that when you buy a horse, you know, you have in mind what you want to do with that horse and you make a plan. But if the plan doesn't go as, as you wanted it to, it's okay to change that plan as long as you're thinking of that horse first. Also, at least you were fearful and the connection with your horse started to dwindle. You would not be giving that horse a better life. And so the fact that you found a new owner and, and is still keeping in touch with them tells me that perhaps that was going to be your forever horse, but because it didn't work out, you found a good plan for that horse and you cared enough about that horse to, to do that. Uh, am I on there? Yes, that's absolutely right. I did keep her for another year and a half after the accident, mm-hmm. and I did continue to ride her, but I didn't trust her. Yeah. And so that kind of deteriorated our relationship. Yeah. I don't know if that's the right word, but yeah. the relationship wasn't the same. She would still come to me when I called her. Mm-hmm. She was still happy to see me, mm-hmm. but when I threw a saddle on her back, she changed. Mm-hmm. And I would feel the change. Yes. And anytime she didn't want to do something, she let me know it. I would get scared. Yes. And then I would say, okay, we're done, and I'd get off. Right. And she was smart. Mm. So she knew after riding for a little bit, that's all she had to do. So, you know, reality strikes in that you guys weren't a good fit. We weren't. Yeah. And so you did the right thing. You let those go. And then you found Champ. I did. Yes. And you've had Champ for five years. Five years now. And he's the one, folks, that whinnies to her when she calls out his name. And it's a, it's a remarkable connection. 
So now one of the things that you're doing for me here at the ranch is you're helping me with rehabbing a a horse. This horse uh, is 19 years old, but at one time she was quite the athlete and she um, she was a rainer, won world championships and lots and lots of money, has had some wonderful babies and brilliant. In fact, I have one of her babies that is now four that I'm working with. She has, you know, developed some things going on with her that we've had to slowly bring her back to be able to ride her. She's the kind of mare that needs a job, so just kicking her out into the pasture was not an option for her. I watched Lisa for a while uh, working with her horse, and he's he's a geriatric horse too, isn't he? Yes, he's 25. Oh my, I didn't realize mm-hmm. that. He's 25 and he's still healthy and, uh, you know, has his age problems, but she keeps him moving along. So I asked her to help me with Lady and she has done a remarkable job and seems to really resonate with the horse when she's riding it. She, she takes her time and, and feels and listens to the horse. You know, you hear the horse whisper, or she's the horse listener, mm-hmm. and really, really can tune in. And so when she shows up, she shows up in, in her full self, and the horse resonates with that. And I've watched her bring this horse back. And Lisa, I want, I want to talk to you a little bit about that and get your take on it. For me, watching you, I really admire the patience that you put into this and the in the methodical way you've been working her through her injuries. Tell me about what you've been doing. Well, when you first asked me to start working with Lady, it took me a couple of months before I ever got on her back. And during that time, I was getting to know her, and I was walking her around. I was watching how she moved. I didn't lunge her because... It was not in her best interest to do tight circles. Mm -hmm. But we walked all over the property. I would care for her. I would groom her. I got to know her Mm. because I was about to get on a horse I didn't know. Right. And I wanted to make sure that I had some sort of a connection to her. Mm -hmm. So when I got on her back, she would know, A, I'm not there to hurt her. We're not going to do anything crazy. We're just going to take a walk. Right, right. Man, you know, that, that's spot on. And the fact that you started on the ground, the groundwork to get her to know her, not only helped her, but it helped you too. It did. Mm-hmm. It built up my confidence because I got to know her and I saw how sweet she is. Yeah. And then when I did finally get on her back, I, I felt safe. I yes. felt like, okay, she knows me. I know her now mm-hmm. and she's not going to do anything. And is that the first other horse you've been on since you, you know, your mare that, that you was de- yes. you were deceited and then you got, you got champ. Yes. So this is the first other horse. Yes. So it did have to take a lot of your courage and your confidence to get on a horse that yes. you weren't sure about. Very much so. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I just decided that that's something I was going to do. I think the first time I rode her, we might have ridden for 10 minutes, yeah, 15 minutes. That uh-huh. was about all that I personally could do to start with. Right. And as I rode her, I was feeling the way she was moving. Yes. And I could tell that she was in pain after about 10, 15 minutes. Okay. And so we would stop. Mm. The next time I got on her, I was a little more confident because everything went fine. Mm-hmm. 
And we went our 15 minutes. She was uncomfortable. You could tell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We built it up. Every day it would be 15 minutes, 15 minutes. Sometimes it was only 10. Mm-hmm. It's depending on how she felt. Right. And it wasn't like with my other horse that would be just messing with me like, oh, I want you to get off my back. Yeah, I'm done. I could tell that lady wanted to do this. She was enjoying being ridden. Right. She wanted to keep going. Yeah, she really likes to have a job. She does, Mm -hmm. but she was hurting. And Mm -hmm. so I would take that into consideration when I would stop. Yes. And this is a mare, folks, that um, is an easy keeper. And she can gain weight by looking at food. But, um, so it was important that we did keep her moving for her own health reasons. Even though she was hurting, we had to, we did have to keep her in somewhat in some sort of exercise mode. On the days that we would only ride for 10 minutes, I would take her for a walk outside before I would put her in her paddock. We would take a little extended walk just so that I could let her stretch her legs a little bit more without me being on her back, right? without having the weight on her back so that she could kind of work out some of the soreness or yeah, whatever it was right. that she had. Right. Um, and now when I go to get her from her paddock and bring her in, yeah. if she seems like she's a little sore, we walk a little farther before I tack her up. Okay, good. So that she's had a little stretch out before I get on her because I don't lunge her. Right, right. I'm so fortunate that you're working with her Thank because you. not only is it time consuming, um, but like I said, you, you, you've got that special sort of patience that a horse like she needs. <laughs> Do you consider yourself a strong rider? Oh, no, 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 absolutely not. Okay. So there you go, guys. Here is a person who does not consider herself a strong rider, yet she is being very effective with a horse that needs to be ridden. So where do you feel like you are weak? Do you feel like you need more skill level? Do you feel like you need more confidence? What is it that, what makes you say you're not a strong rider? I think it's the confidence. Mm-hmm. Okay. I I uh, did ride, yeah. and it took me a while to get another horse. Yeah. Didn't ride at all because I had to recover for one. Yes. And then when I did ride her after I'd recovered, it wasn't the same. And this makes me think of when I first met you and you're saying that one of your not strong points about your riding is your confidence. And when I first met you, I kind of quizzed you a little bit about how well you rode and, and your experience. And you led me to believe that you were very inexperienced. Mm-hmm. You, that just the way you talked about yourself and, and your abilities, I thought, well, this lady's going to need a lot of my help. And then I saw you ride and I saw you work with the horse and I saw your posture and I saw your cues and I saw your, the, your intelligent way of communicating with the horse. And I thought, she really undersold herself. So, you know, it, when it comes to confidence, a lot of that inner chatter can make a big difference. A big difference. Absolutely. But I'm glad that you don't let it get in the way that you, you know, you may not have the complete confidence that you wish you would have, but you don't let it get in the way of getting the job done. What do you say to yourself then? I think I really enjoy riding lady. 
She is a fantastic mare. She's mm-hmm. so sweet. And I feel privileged to be able to ride her. Oh, that's sweet. And I, I want to continue riding her. So I have to have the confidence to get on her or I'm not going to be able to ride her. Right. That's and, true. And I admire you for basically stepping outside your box. Yeah. Yeah. It's uncomfortable for me. But the more I ride her, the more my confidence is, is built up. With yes. the lady, I had to learn to trust her. Mm-hmm. I still don't 100% trust her. Oh, no, as you shouldn't right? At, at this point. But I am comfortable riding her. I don't think she's going to do anything to hurt me. No, I don't think so. She's not that type of horse. No, and I'm learning that. Yes. And that's helping my confidence. What does the future hold for you? As a non-professional trainer, yeah. um, I I don't see me not ever having a horse in my life. I know Champ's getting up there in years. Right. I I don't think he'll be my last. Good. Good. I would like to continue with horses. Mm-hmm. I'd like to share it, it with my grandchildren. Yes. Which yes. they love riding as well. They were out here one one <laughs> time and and cute cute kids and. Really were enthusiastic and they love. love them. They ask me all the time when we can we go back to Miss Sandy's and go riding. Yeah, <laughs> I want to continue what I'm doing because I enjoy it mm-hmm. and I I just love horses and I love what they can what they can bring to your life. Right, and that's that's a good point. Uh, now, how old are you now? I'll be sixty two in a couple of weeks. Sixty two, mm-hmm. and you know, folks. It, she started at uh, 50. 50. <laughs> so, you know, those of you that think that maybe your bucket list is not going to come into play for you, think about Lisa's story. Uh, she started at 50 and didn't know anything about horses. And she's now helping me to rehab a, a show horse. So, you know, there's definitely something to think about if, if, if any of you thought that that dream was past. What else, Lisa? Is there anything else that you would like to add? Um, just whatever you think that you might not be able to do because of A, B, or C, mm-hmm. set those things aside and say, this is something I really want. And then just have the patience and the confidence that you can do it. Yes. And if it's something that you really want, then just find a way to make it happen. Find a way to make it happen. I like that. That's a good, I think that's a good place to stop. So if you're out there, you want to start training and working with horses and you haven't done so yet, find a way to make it happen. Well said, Lisa. So folks, that's it for today. And as always, may all your blues be ribbons. Bye-bye. Hey, I'd like to give a shout out to Nora Daunt, the owner of Lady, the horse that we talked about earlier in this episode. She's one heck of a horsewoman and is always looking to take care of her horse and always looking for a way to make it happen. And folks, if you'd like to be mentioned in one of my episodes, give me a holler, Facebook or my website or my email, sandyjaneholt at aol.com. I'd love to hear about what you would like to listen to and perhaps help you and others as well. Don't forget to share this episode and subscribe if you haven't done so already.